Nation. Oh, we are back. I'm here. How y'all doing? Kevin is here. We I'm also, here. We also have some wonderful guests that we'll uh, get to in a second. Um, so you will not remember, because in a parallel universe, Kevin and I had an amazing uh, interview with three young high school uh, scholars um, discussing what they thought remote learning would be like. What we realized is that that planet where we released that episode is not this one. Kev, what'd you think why you, about? Why Why are you going ahead and giving away all the secrets? Why are you letting people know we messed up? Oh, maybe, <laughs> yeah. should, should I they not didn't, do they that? Didn't, they, they, they didn't have to know that part. That, that, oh, okay. That, and then it would have just gone, they would have been like, wow, that was a really good episode. It seemed like oh. it was real well prepared, rehearsed. And then Man. they would have never known, like in the documentary, it would have been like, that episode, <laughs> true story. We, you know, it was a great episode. We, had, we had done it one time before. It is cutting edge. So, but here's we messed we, it all up. But here's what we can actually do because of the wonder of technology is yeah. we can actually restart right now. And then I'll just crop it when we upload it. Yeah, yeah, make right. sure, make sure. All right, so minute and 20 seconds. All right, and three, oh, God. two, one. Hey, what's no. good, Two Dope Nation? We are I back. I leave that part. Wait, what? Oh, you want to leave in that part? We're off to a yeah. flying start right now. Um, Kevin is second-guessing me, um, as always, <laughs> and I'm just trying to be the best podcaster I can be. I don't know what to do these days. Um, <laughs> what's up? It's uh, it's two dope teachers and a mic. I'm Gerardo Munoz. It's your boy, Kevin Adams. And we are back here on a sunny Thursday afternoon after um, four days of remote learning. And uh, we are back with some amazing young people who are going to talk to us a little bit about um, their experiences with remote learning. Um, Kev, you cleaned out your classroom. How'd that go? Uh, it happened. So it did. that was good. It wasn't too bad. You know, it, it, it was fairly efficient. This yep. time, because I wasn't like stopping in to talk to people like I normally would at the end of the year yep. and chat with people. Thing. Yes, social yep. distancing. And it was it was nice to see some people that I've only had the pleasure of looking at through a computer screen to yep. see part of their face. Like it, yep. it was hard because you still couldn't see their whole face. But, yep. you know, like the top of their face looked the same for the you most part. What I'm realizing is it's hard to tell when people are smiling, right? Like, yeah. so, so like I'll be, I'll be like at the store and there's like, I, like I had to go pick up groceries this morning and like, and I'm there and you know, shout out to grocery store workers who are out there keeping shelves stocked and putting themselves at risk every day. Like mad respect to y'all. Um, it, you know, it, I, I would be like, like I have anxiety, so I would be freaking out every single day if I was working that job. So, so shout out to them. But like, so I'll, I'll like smile. And then I realize that, oh, my face is covered. So literally all they see is me staring at them. That's <laughs> so right. Like, that's right. So that that's just right. doesn't seem like the move, right? Um, it's good <laughs> stuff. So, um, you know, there, there's been a lot, you know. So, Kevin, are you familiar with this remote learning thing that's happening? Uh, I'm an expert on remote learning. As you said, see, uh, we are. I don't know uh, how. Day four of week three, so I've become an expert. Yeah, yeah I'm a quick, I'm a quick study. <laughs> We're so good at this job. We're so good at this job. Like, just throw whatever at. It. What, what's what's the lyric from Diamonds from Sierra Leone? Um, you know, um, I had to leave the boat so I could walk on water. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Difficult takes a day. Impossible takes a week. 
And after three weeks, man, you know, we just, we run this. Um, so as I understand, um, remote learning isn't just us sitting behind a, a screen and putting stuff out there. Like, you know that, right? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. it's not just that. I would hope not. Like, I think that there's students who are affected, but you see where I'm going with this? You got to go with me with this buildup. Where, like, where I was kind of, I was like, where is he going with this? <laughs> no, yes. Remote learning right. doesn't just involve teachers. It doesn't. It also involves students. It does. Like, pretty yes. directly. And, and students are being asked to deal with some things. Yeah. You know Sorry, you who wasn't at the table? Who wasn't, who at, the wasn't table? at the table? Well, we were planning all this remote learning stuff. Wait, wait, students. wait. I know this. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Students were not invited to participate in like the design of remote learning. Like, and, and we're going to, so I, I think that this is yet another place where decisions are being made for students, not necessarily by students. So we had this revolutionary idea. We What's should that? talk to them. We should talk to them. <laughs> we should ask them, Hey, so like, How's this, this going? Like, are there things you like about it or are there things that you don't like? And to do that, we have brought three of the most fantastic uh, scholars that we know. Uh, do y'all want to introduce yourselves in alphabetical order? Oh. 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 So we have Amy, Kyrie, and Esme. Uh, so, yeah, who wants to introduce themselves first? So who, who are you? Uh, what do you want us to know about you? And um, that just is by way of an intro. Wait, so is that me first? Uh, Amy, I would say so, yeah. Yes, okay, sorry, <laughs> my bad. Um, it's all good. Well, okay, I'm Amy, I'm in 10th grade. Um, I go to DCIS at Baker. Um, what else am I supposed to say? I think that's good. Um, okay. Cool, all right. Yeah. Who's next, alphabetically speaking? I'm Esmeralda. I also go to DCIS at Baker, and I'm also a sophomore. All right. And that leaves, last but and certainly not least. I am Kyrie. I am in ninth grade, and um, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So um, you all have been in a remote learning situation for about as, for maybe about as long as we have been. Um, how has this experience been for you all? Uh, I will <laughs> finding an order is hard. Um, yes, I will go ahead and go the, um, I definitely think it's been a s adjustment and the first like week and maybe the first part of the second week was really like a, uh, shift. It was kind of a struggle just getting adjusted to all the new things. But I think now that we're starting to get into the later half, I think it's slowly become like everything's become more fine tuned and been more polished and things like that. Yeah. Others, is that, has that been your kind of, um, experience as well? Um, for me, I think I'd have to say like, it's pretty much the same. Um, although, I think the only thing different for me is that my second week was also still kind of an adjustment because the first week, some teachers just, like, got it off the bat, and it was, like, really great. Um, and they, like, fine-tuned things as we went. But some teachers just had a really bad first week, and they, you know, they got it the second week, and it was easier to adjust to what they were going to do. 
Um, so I think it was more of an adjustment, I think, the last two weeks for me. Um, but this week, it's gone with flying colors. I think I'm getting more used to it. I'm not too happy with it still, but I'm getting more used to it. So when you talk about some of the difficulties that some of your teachers had, what would what would one of those like what what are you thinking of um um so one of my teachers was just like completely in my in my opinion um and then as you know Munoz I express my opinion a lot um, <laughs> yes combobulated um <laughs> that's a great and word and on Friday on the first Friday um you know they were like okay like any feedback and I told them straight up like um this was such a bad week for me like I did not understand. I'm I'm sure, excuse me, like I'm already failing your class. Like it was very confusing. I couldn't find all of my materials. Um, and I think I was just like some more one on one time, and it worked like magic. The second week started checking in with me right away. You know, um, hey, Esme, how are you holding in? Like, do you need help? Um, do you think there's something that I could go over? Explain. Do I, is there something I need to send a reminder about? Um, which I found was very helpful for me. Um, so I think the whole like discombobulation and also just the fact that it's remote learning. So it must've been a difficult first week for even our teachers. I definitely understand that. Um, but it was, so, it was so good to me that she took, in, like, took consideration what I was trying to process. Yeah. Amy, how about you? Um, I would say on my part, it wasn't awful, but it's also not great. And I really do prefer doing things in person. But I know that this is, like, the best way that we can do it right now. The thing that kind of did just really, like, irritate me, though, you guys had already touched on this earlier, but the fact that they didn't even ask us for our opinions or, like, what ways would be more engaging for us, I yep. think that's what really, like, made me upset because, like, a lot, even, like, they say the teachers know the best, and I understand, like, I have so much respect for the teachers just because of, like, how hard it is to adjust to this, too, for them, and, like, having to adapt to every single student. But a lot of them overlapped their classes, at least for me. So that was really insane because, like, I had two classes going on at the same time for, like, three days. So I would have one oh, on my phone man. and my computer. So that was kind of a mess for me. And I would say for the most part, it's going pretty okay because everybody's finally adjusting to it. And that includes both teachers and students. The only thing I would say, though, is the workload that a lot of them have left us is, like, really high. And the bad part is that there's no way we can do it, like, on paper or anything. So it all has to be done by, like, computer or, like, by your phone. And then, like, at least in my case, like, my parents would kind of get upset. And they're like, oh, well, it's like you're always on that computer. What are you even doing all the time anyways? And I'm just like, well, <laughs> kind of have no choice here. But yeah. Uh, I, I got a question. Um, so I kind of have an idea about the structure for my students at our school. Uh, and, and Kyrie, I'm wondering, you know, what it is because you're in a different district than we are, but, um, and maybe start with you, Kyrie. Um, what does your schedule look like each day? Mm. Uh, so when you, when you say that, do you mean like the personal <laughs> schedule that I have laid out or do you mean the schedule that the teachers have tried to make for you? Well, I, I'd love to hear both, but start first with the schedule that the teachers kind of gave you and yeah, then like kind the of how you navigate, with. how you navigate that. How have you adapted that to your life and, and kind of what works best for you? Because I think that's helpful for teachers to hear. 
So I will say that uh, my teacher specifically, I know some <laughs> other teachers at my school have not done as well with this, but I know a lot of my teachers have been pretty freeform with the way that they allow you to do your assignments, um, which mm. I think is really nice. The thing that does make it uh, a little bit odd is commu the communication windows get really hard. So like if you have a question, then it gets really hard because you've got to find when you have to do the assignment and when to line it up with their communication windows and this and this and this. But I mm. definitely do think that with a few exceptions, the majority of the teachers <laughs> have found a <laughs> have found a pretty good um, schedule that at least helps the students get around their um, schedule. So at your school, you don't have to be like we know, like at some schools I've heard, like they're like uh, you are in period one online at from eight to, to nine and you're in period two online from nine to 10, you know, all the way through the day, like a normal school day would be your school. It doesn't sound like is doing it that way. Uh, yeah, our school is not really doing that. It's essentially just, they give us specifically the way they do it. The majority of the teachers, they give us a folder and with a whole bunch of assignments and guides and things. And they say, this is what you do this week. He go do it. Um, which, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is no, what we're exactly. getting okay <laughs> highly um, engaging <laughs> yeah, yeah no it's, and that's that's the double-edged sword of it because on one hand it's like i appreciate the freeform nature i appreciate the ability to work yep. in my own pace but on yep. the other hand that makes communication and engagement with the teachers almost impossible um yeah <laughs> Yeah. So that's interesting because I think what I've seen just in talking to other teachers is that there is such a spectrum in how uh, schools are are rolling this out, both from the district level and in the individual classroom level. Like like my kid at her school is expected to be in digital classrooms like every morning for four hours. Right. And so what I've noticed is a lot of exhaustion um, on her part because you're just like literally having to stare at a screen for four hours. Uh, what you're saying, Kyrie, seems to be that maybe a little bit of a streamlined communication would be okay with you, um, but that overall you, you do appreciate having the freedom and the flexibility to do things the way they work for you. Yeah, I think it's – I basically I'm just uh, – I think a balance is important. Yeah, and how how Definitely. have you worked to find that balance, Kerry? What have you kind of um, done? How have you how have you navigated this system? Uh, the best way I do it personally is I have to schedule myself, so I set times each day for myself when I have to work, which makes it a lot better because then it's like, okay, uh, here's the window I need to work. Here's the next window I need to work. Here's the next window I need to work, and that works. And I keep saying with a few exceptions because there definitely are a few exceptions of the teachers who want you to work in specific times. And then I've got to work around that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, that's really interesting. So as my Amy, like in terms of um, your kind of experience, uh, like the four of us are at the same school building, but, um, but in terms of a, of a daily schedule around your classes, how, how has that gone for you both? the way that your classes have been, I mean, Amy, you hinted at it where you've had some collisions between classes, right? Um, and that kind of thing. But how has scheduling just been for the two of you over these last few weeks? Um, I could start. Um, so the way the teachers, at least the 10th grade teachers, they laid it out for us, 
So they've been doing like one subject per day. But the thing is, it's like the whole 10th grade class is on that call. So it's not split up by like class periods like you would think it would be. But like all of us are on the call for the amount of time that the teachers want. And so for the most part, a lot of the teachers are doing like Google Meets and then they leave us assignments that are due by either Friday or Sunday. And then they have like office hours throughout the week. So there's that. But I would say most for the most part, that's how it really is. Like <clears throat> one subject per day. Yeah. Esme, but what about you? What's yeah. your kind of take on that, Esme? Um, well, I'm also a sophomore, so I'm also getting, you know, the one subject a day along with the rest of the CIS. But um I honestly like it, like in terms of I have all of my classes in a week, but I'm not like stressed with having to do more than one class a day. But it does trust me out the amount of work I get um, because I think I have never, like, worked and, like, studied so hard in my life, I swear. Like, wow. the work I'm getting now is I feel like my teachers are pushing me, and I love a good challenge. I love being pushed. You know, my honors and my AP are for a reason. Um, mm -hmm. But it also sucks that I feel like in those classes, I'm just completely overwhelmed and I can't. It's like I can just go up to my teacher and ask during class, hey, like, I have a question, or hey, can you explain this? Because then it's an email, and sometimes they don't email you back soon enough, or sometimes you're just, like, confused all day. I mean, there's some assignments that I haven't been able to do because my teachers haven't contacted me back, or, you know, they didn't contact me in time, and then it was, like, past due. And then they're, like, explaining it to me, and I'm like, okay, well, I still don't understand. So, I mean, in terms mm -hmm. of the actual scheduling, I kind of like it. But the yeah. whole workload and due dates, that's what I kind of find difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean that that's what I I find myself wondering, you know, and I teach 8th grade, but I just wonder about the workload and and what is reasonable. But um what type of work are you guys being asked to do? What does the work kind of look like or what would you say most of it is or is there kind of some similarities or things that you found more engaging or less engaging or more useful or less useful? Um, for me, I know that in my math class, I hated it the first week, but um, in math, she gives me um, a slide that I'm supposed to do all week. Um, and particularly this week is like something that I really enjoyed because it's a project and I get to work all week on it and I get to take my time whenever I want to. And she has her office hours throughout the week, which is also wonderful. And like for Munoz, Munoz, he has his Google Meet. And then we have office hours throughout the week where we can continue to ask questions, which I also find really helpful. Um, like, you know, we have our DBQ set and we like talk about the DBQs, how it went, the topics, you know, that. So I think that's really helpful. I got to grade some DBQs, just realized. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel like most of my work I can work around, but there's some things that it's just really difficult, like chemistry. Like I have a quiz that's due and he wants us to do the pogo, like, so like the sheet of questions, um, which sometimes I'm just like, this doesn't give me enough information. And like, I feel like I can't ask enough questions because then I'm like, like almost bothering my teacher. And I know that like, they're always like, oh, okay, well, it's my job. But you know, it is, it does get to a point I feel where we're afraid to continue asking questions because we're like, did, like, do they feel that they gave us enough information to complete this? Yeah. 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 So, and Kyrie, what about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
No, um, when it comes to all the different assignments, I think a lot of them, a lot of the teachers are sticking to a specific formula of giving us a bunch of small things and then just tying it together, or at least in my school, tie, giving us a bunch of small things during a week. And then eventually it'll lead up to one big thing, like at the um, the end of a certain period of time. Like, um, for example, uh, my biology teacher gave us a bunch of small assignments and then gave us one big project at the uh, at this week which I think is uh, a pretty good way of handling it. And I think uh, all the teachers have started to get onto that. Some of the other teachers uh, have j exclusively been giving us big projects, which adds a whole lot to our workload and yeah. uh, isn't really that phenomenal because <laughs> they're just kind of these huge projects and they say, get them done by the end of the week and they don't really give us any constraints or anything. So I don't right. think that's great. But I do think the, <laughs> what I previously mentioned was good, was the small project leading up to a bigger project of sorts. I like that. So you guys are giving I'm me hearing, ideas. Yeah, no, this is good. You're, you're giving us um, some, some very good teacher education. Uh, the check is in the mail. Um, so the, um, the, the theme that seems to be coming up is um, access to teacher support. What it sounds like is that the the more consistent the support is that you get from teachers, the better your experience has been overall. Um, and it's like that delicate balance of, you know, let's give the students um, engaging work that they can do that will challenge them, but also that isn't so hard that we won't be able to provide the support for it. Um, Amy, has that been your experience as well? Is it just like your the it varies by level of support that you're getting from teachers? And then I have a follow-up for everybody. Um, I would say for me, I kind of don't really like asking my teachers for help because I'm stubborn like that. <laughs> but, um, so this support to me isn't the important part. I think it would be more like the kind of work they're giving. Mm. I feel like personally, half of the work that they have been giving me feels like busy work, if that yeah, makes any sense. Can you say so, more like, about that? So what's, what do you mean when you say busy work? Because we hear this a lot from students that they do feel that there are a lot of teachers who give a lot of busy work, just in case somebody has never heard this term or maybe they misunderstand it as teachers. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So I would say at least like right now with online schooling, I would say like they give us assignments. Like there's some teachers that have been giving us like two to three assignments per week. But, like, the thing is we never go back and actually talk about them. Or, like, they don't even tell us the importance of what the assignment was for. And to me, it kind of feels like, oh, well, I put, like, all my hard work into that. And, like, I worked off for that and for nothing, for the teacher to not even go back and talk about it or, like, even tell us why it is important. Because it might just be me who likes to know why I'm learning what I'm learning, to know if it, like, it's important for future use, if that makes sense. I feel like it's probably not just you, right? <laughs> um, so what you're saying, so, so busy work isn't a matter of whether it's easy or hard. It's more of a matter of whether you see a point to it. Yeah, and it's not even like a point to it. Like, yeah, it's cool to learn like random little facts, you know, guess you could just bring it up in a conversation. Mm -hmm. But the thing is like, when it comes to prioritizing work, in my case, I don't, some, there's times where I don't know what to prioritize because teachers make it seem important. But then when you actually like log into your class, then it's like not important at all or like it didn't matter at all. Interesting. I agree with 100%. Yeah, you want to say more about that? Like, 
um, I feel like some of our classes in particular, like the ones that I know that I either share with Amy or that we have, like, we're being taught relatively the exact same thing. I mean, granted, we have the same classes, like, just different periods. <laughs> right. Knowing that we, like, have these classes together, I, like, totally see where she's coming from, where some of our teachers, you know, are like, can you please have this done and this done and this done and this done? And then we're like, all right. You know, we push ourselves. And sometimes it takes a lot of time to complete what they ask because I think that sometimes they don't realize that also the time, the timing for how much work they're giving us is actually a lot, especially for the kids who don't understand sometimes. Me being one of those kids. Um, <laughs> so like, Me I too. totally get where she's coming from where, you know, sometimes it seems like we're learning all of this for no good reason. And it's just like to pass the year, you know, to finish it off. But sometimes it's just really confusing because I'm like, okay, did I learn this for a reason? And then when it comes up like two seconds later, I'm like, wait, we never even talked about this. Like, was I right? Like, did I do it right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a question, I think for all three of you and Kyrie, you can start us off, um, on this one. So here's my question. Um, I, I'm noticing from my perspective as a teacher that it's really easy to deceive myself um, into believing that I'm doing a great job, my students are doing a great yeah. job, um, be, because you know what I mean? Because like, you know, um, I don't have everybody engaging. And so when I have people, when I have everybody engaging, it tends to be folks engaging who who really want to do well, who are, who are trying really hard to make this happen, like regardless. Um, and if I give myself a moment and just go through my class rosters, I start looking, I'm like, dang, here's a student who hasn't turned anything in. Here's a student I haven't heard from like at all since, you know, March 13th. Um, so my question to you is, are there people in your social circles who are really, really struggling to kind of keep up and to, um, and to be engaged in their work. And what is it that's, that's causing those struggles? And Kyrie, do you want to start us off with that one? Sure. I can start us off. Um, I definitely think it is. I have seen some people who for some classes where they're, uh, throwing out a lot of assignments or whether they aren't or not, sometimes it's just harder for, um, people to keep up. And I think, uh, the two things that really go into that are either whether or not they have the drive to do the assignments, not even that a lot of people don't, but I think it's just, hard when like you personal motivation exactly it's hard to have it's mm -hmm. sometimes difficult to achieve that level of personal motivation i also think um some teachers have a, a really high workload or really low workload which again goes back to that personal motivation thing it's hard to get motivated when you know either the assignments are too little to really matter or the assignments are too much and it's just overwhelming i think it's just um yeah. the fact that a lot of times it can get overwhelming is the point that i'm getting to yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Amy, how about you? Um, I would say personally, I do know a lot of people that are struggling with it, but it's more for personal reasons because it's either like them that they are mentally struggling right now because they don't feel like they have the capacity to deal with it because they're trying to focus on other things uh -huh. or even like at home, like they have to help take care of their younger siblings or like they have to help out around the house and they just don't always have the time that like, some of their classmates do. So like when they show up to class, they feel like pretty lost and like they're wondering like, oh, well, I can't speak up now because they're talking and then I'm not going to sound the same, if that makes and any I sense. And I haven't like, been I'm here and I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, like I've had a lot of people come to me about that and it's kind of like a hard situation to address, but you just have to find the right way with each thing, like each person. 
When you say you have to find the right way, do you mean yourself as their peer or us as teachers? I think both. So myself as a peer, like I have to find the right way to support them because if let's say like you're trying to like get them on track and like you keep bugging and bugging, then that can totally come off as a, oh, you're trying to just be their boss or like, oh, you're just trying mm. to make them who you want them to be. So you have right. to like approach it in a different way and yeah. in a way that like helps them feel supported, not overwhelmed. Yeah. And then on yes, the man. teacher half. Oh, sorry. Sorry. My bad. Oh, no, Go ahead on the teacher half. Go ahead on the teacher half. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would just say like on the teacher half, I just feel like a lot of teachers need to understand that not every student is the same. And I feel like this is like a controversial issue that has gone on forever. Mm -hmm. And it's still like isn't being addressed, but like not every student is the same. Not all their circumstances are the same. And a lot of students like can't do work the same way that every single other one does. So when their health is from, like one of their peers expectations, it really does bring them down. That's that's a really yeah. important point. Uh, that's a really important point. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, and it, and it's interesting because there's I go back and forth between this is totally different. This is not like anything we've ever done before. And yet, um, what Amy, you're suggesting to us is that actually there are some things that are not different. <laughs> Understanding that every student can't be approached in exactly the same way that some students have other obstacles to their engagement, um, that others don't, that, that the way we approach them should be as personalized as possible. Um, Esme, what, do you have anything to add to that? Um, not really. I think they covered it all. Um, I also agree with Amy's. Um, I think just a little bit more only because I feel like some teachers at GCIS in general are like, like, oh, I know my classroom with the back of my hand and you may know the classroom, but, you know, our classmates and us, like, as your students, sometimes it's a little more difficult to know everyone. Um, on that personal level, that's completely going to make sense to, like, why something is helping us or might not be helping us. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had an interesting thing, and then Kev, you can ask your next question, but um, I had an interesting uh, realization working with one of my sixth grade advisees. Um, a number, and uh, Amy and Esme, you know some of my advisees, uh, those, yep. those silly, uh, silly little creatures who I adore. Um, it's, it was interesting because a lot of them, kind of Amy, like you, what you suggested early in the conversation, really miss seeing their friends and really miss just being in the room with folks. Um, and so what some of them have been doing is they've actually been checking up on each other. Like they've actually been, Hey, you know, I haven't seen, you know, Jose in a, in any of our classes, Jose, why aren't you in class? And so it's been really amazing to see these 11, 12 year olds like stepping up for each other. And, um, and it's teaching me a lot about, their level of motivation and the power they actually have. Um, Kev, did you have a, a thing you yeah, wanted to bring up? Yeah, I think um, there is a critical question on the table. Um, and um, for um, Amy and Espe, I really want to know your opinion because this critical. was announced for our school. I just get your perspective and Kyrie as well, because I think as high schoolers, um, these are these are issues yeah, that know. matter to you guys, yeah. right? These are why uh uh why teachers do explains why teachers do some of the things they do i think or doesn't explain i don't know uh but grades so um 
we've announced a policy. Our district has announced yeah. a policy for how grades <laughs> um, and credit will be dealt with for the year. And I'm just curious. Second it's policy, their second it's an policy. evolving. It's a it's a living document like the Constitution, right? <laughs> it's so an it evolving can be anything. Policy. You kids can push it. You can make right. it however you want, right? Um, but but my question is is what are you, what are your thoughts right. about grades and and how are they doing at Kyrie at your school and Amy and Esme? Uh, how do you feel about how they're doing at our school? And if it's not prying too much, what are you thinking about your possible decisions when it comes to grades? So, and for those, I found out also that, um, does anybody have a guess as to which country downloads the Two Dope Teachers in a Mic podcast the most after the United States? Amy, do you have a guess? Japan? What, what did you say? Japan? Japan, you're right. You're absolutely oh. right. So, so yeah, we global with this. Um, so for those who are unfamiliar with any of what's happening in Denver, Colorado education, uh, Denver public schools initially issued, um, guidance that stated that all high school classes would be considered pass fail, uh, credit or no credit and grades would not be a thing. And then they received what they described as feedback from what they described as the community, um, which they defined as some parents and students um, that kind of reverse course and said, actually, you like how we do data in this district? Um, so uh, so, so basically what happened was they then came back and said, actually, what we're going to do is we're going to let students make the decision, not teachers, not parents, but let students make the decision as to whether they want to do their classes for credit or not. So um, would love to hear Amy and Esme's thoughts on that. And then Kyrie would love to hear what's going on with uh, grades, uh, you know, where you're at. Um, I personally did not hear one single thing about students giving their opinion on this. If not, this would have gone like a, on a completely different track based off of everybody we have. Um, like everyone I've talked to is super confused and like they don't actually understand what they're trying to get at with the whole credit or pass or fail thing because oh, wow. it's worded very simply and like the information we've been provided like we were told it once at least i was by my advisor because he made a call with us last week yeah but apart from that it's really confusing and when i try to talk to a teacher about it they kind of just explain it <laughs> in the same exact way that it was written out in the form that uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, a here, 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 we want to <laughs> read it to you. <laughs> Isn't this yeah, part of our evaluation? Know. Like, it's like, do you, are you yes, able to explain things is, in more than is. one way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so for you, there's been lots of confusion. Uh-huh. Go ahead, Amy. Sorry. I mean, that's mostly it. I think it's just been very, like, confusing and, like, I don't understand it and up to today i still don't understand it after rereading the form like three times wow so did, did we yeah. do a better job of explaining it it might just be me who doesn't understand it but like the people i've talked to like who have texted me and asked me about uh, that's, it that's that's like, i mean this is either. important feedback because so i was one of the people who was involved in crafting that letter so so I appreciate it. No, I was confused in writing it. So or in helping to write it. So 
Well, because then there's always. No, I mean it's for you guys. It's for you guys, and I think if you don't understand it, that's a big problem. Especially if we're saying that you have the ability to make a decision based on what it says. And I don't remember ever being asked. Yeah, I um, it was it was a district policy, and then I think DCIS had an approach to how it was gonna it was it would be rolled out, and um, you know. Yeah, and I think again, student voice, major point there. Yeah, from everyone, still a little behind on that. Yeah, um, as, yeah, as me, how about how about you? What what's your so, so, Amy? Amy, just really quick, yes or no? Do you feel like you understand it now, or are you still confused? <laughs> oh, I'm still confused. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so so just in a nutshell, essentially. You get to decide whether you want GPA points for your classes this semester or not. You'll get the credit either way, as long as you have like a passing grade. But um, it's up to you to decide whether you want a letter grade, which would contribute to your GPA, or just credits, which would not affect your GPA one way or the other. Um, and so that's that's kind of how that is. So we'll come back to you on that one, uh, Esme. Your thoughts, and then uh, and then we'll go to Kyrie. I know for a fact that Amy <laughs> is not the only student who is, like, definitely confused. Like, I mean, now I think I've understood it only because, like, I had to ask questions about that. Because when I first heard that it's Pastor Phil, I was so angry. I texted one of my teachers uh, that I felt like I could vent to, and I was like, Miss, you guys need to fix this, like, right now. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but, like, please stop playing with me. Like, I really had a good GPA. And then she was like, oh, psych, you thought, like, it'll be fine, like, you'll still get your credits, and I was like, ah, okay. But then y'all switched it up on me again, and we're like, y'all can have your GPA back, and I was like, well, now I don't know if I want my GPA back, only because, even though I think I'm getting more used to remote learning, I don't think that I'm gonna be No, like, say this, I think that's I'm, really important. It's gonna sound bad, but <laughs> um, I don't think I'm ever gonna... For real, for real. I don't think I'm ever gonna be as good... Um of a student remote learning wise um versus in person like i just don't think mm. i can get there i think my like visual learning part of me is like completely like over and underwhelmed at the exact same time because i don't feel like i'm getting enough visual learning some of my teachers are just like totally confusing me others are just like really lame <laughs> so like personally i've been so like i think this is a difficult decision for me because I don't want it to affect my GPA negatively. Um, right. And if I could just do pass failed, which would also be great. But yep. there are some things that, you know, I've applied for yep. that I've tried to um, get done that do use my GPA. Yep. So, like, now I don't know where a lot of those things leave me because, you know, a lot of them haven't communicated to me. Um, like, for example, my semester abroad, um, right now, they're totally putting everything on stop because um, they can't give out any more scholarships until they realize, you know, is COVID going to be okay by the time that, we're going to start school back up again. Like, can we even give you your scholarship that we were going to give you? You know, things like that. And my scholarship was based off of my GPA. Um, so I think some of those things are really important to me. And obviously, I want to continue to do those and have those as an option. But it's also really difficult to decide if I want to do that and risk, like, totally messing up and, like, having a bad GPA. That's or a really just, important you know, point, Esme. You know, and I think you, 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 you nail it on the head. And can I be the best student possible when I'm learning from home? 
you know, and I think you guys hit it up that we all know that each one of our homes are different, right? And, 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 and not in a bad way, you know, but our homes are different because we are all different people. We're raised in different places, different values. Um, we think different things are important in our families, you know, um, different ways of expressing ourselves and communicating with each other. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's difficult unless we're going to say, you know, we, we understand that you were learning in their classroom, which was your home, right? Your space. And so I really appreciate what you're saying and uh, the difficulty of making that decision when, you know, there are things that are really important to you uh, because you care about your grades and you want to have the best GPA, but you're kind of put in this position of like, now I have to choose, you know, is it, you know, what do I do? What do I do? Which one am I going to protect? My GPA? You know, because I know I might not be as strong as I would be normally. Um, so it's just a tough position. And I, I'm just really bummed and wish the district had kind of stuck with uh, credit, no credit, and not put these kind of decisions on students. Kyrie, what does the grade situation um, look like where you are? You are not in Denver Public Schools. Um, so what decisions were made there? And to Amy's point, um, Amy, that, that quote that you said is just echoing in my head. Uh, I don't remember being asked, Esme, your point. I'll never be as good at remote learning as I am at in-person learning. Yep. I think I hope these are quotes that people are framing and putting up on their classroom walls so they can remember. Um, so Kyrie, what's going on with grades and what are your thoughts about those? So I just wanna, uh, it's been really interesting listening to you guys talk about your system because- so <laughs> Always is. The, no, no, and here's why, because they gave us clarity, like they gave us a very clear explanation. What's happening right now is the way they're handling the system is our grades uh, are staying like letter grades or staying as percentage grades, but across the district is what I'm assuming the way this is going is um, your grade cannot go down. It can only go up. That's a policy of DPS. Which, yep. Yeah. Um, I, think we, I think DPS has said that also. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the, and it's funny that you say that because like I've said, when listening to you guys talk about your policy and explain it, they haven't given us really any clarity about the long run system. They've oh. just said this is what's happening now, and they have given haven't given us for the yeah. anything for the end of the year or later what's going to be be happening. Oh, so, um, a lot of my friends and myself included were fine with what's going on now, but we're all just kind of antsy because we're like they haven't told us absolutely anything about um, what's going to happen to our grades at the end of the year, whether or not they'll just bump back up to where they were when the semester started or what's going to happen. They haven't given us any clarity about that. So it's not necessarily that there's poor, there's at a, all. uh, yeah. they've explained it poorly. They just haven't really explained it at all. Which yeah. Is I guess, I guess, a, I guess um, a, a bad explanation <laughs> would imply that there's been an explanation. <laughs> Precisely. Right? Yeah. No, you, yeah. To give a bad explanation, there has to be an exclamation explanation in the first place. Um, yeah, no, they, uh, they have told us that your grades cannot go down. They can only go up. And that's pretty much all that we've gotten from the district. Okay. From the student Are you level. CCSD? Uh yes, I am. That's it. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much all the clarity we've gotten. <laughs> so, yeah, that no, no, that's literally it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's amazing. Like, and and you know, I I I try to yes. I try yes. to give people a break, right? Because like this is new to everybody. Like, I don't know, Kev, right. you didn't 
You didn't. You didn't have a class in teacher school called how to continue to teach did. from a computer during edge. a global pandemic. Like did you have that class in there? No, I did not have that class. I didn't have a class <laughs> called "What do you do when your kids can't read?" Which probably you think they would have that class. They don't have that class. Which, which I think was was more right. reasonable than what to do yeah. when you're teaching from home during a pandemic. <laughs> How do you be culturally how are you culturally responsive when you're being beamed into someone's house? Yeah. Right? And and let's be honest, right. uh media is yeah. not the most yeah, culturally exactly. responsive and, thing and, in the first place, right? Overall. So now you have teachers who weren't very culturally responsive <laughs> beamed and we've talked about this what? right before at the beginning. All of this beaming into your house to like I guess yeah, colonize yeah, your house yeah. from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so so like I, i've got a question because you know we we you know on two dope teachers and a mic we we try to apply pessimism of the intellect and optimism of the will right so we're willing to call out flaws and problems especially as they harm the people who need school to be done correctly the most right um, but we also try to look at, all right, so how do we um, start moving forward? So in a second, I want to ask you all to talk about, um, so what should we all learn collectively? I don't just mean students. I don't just mean teachers. I don't just mean parents, principals, uh, district level administrators. As, a, as, a, as an ecosystem of schooling, what are some things, some lessons that maybe we should be taking and keeping when we're back and to in-person classes, and whenever that happens. Of. So think, so let that soak for a second. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. some data. And that could be stuff that we yeah. were doing before yeah, what should remote we stop learning doing too. And, right. I always think that's and what important. should we keep and how should we grow from this? Yeah, no doubt. Like, yeah, it's kind of a question of like, you know, what are the implications for this period for all of us trying to engage in schooling? What should we be yes, learning? I so love I data. have some data. You want to hear some data? Yes. So, so yeah, I, I like it, we all like data. Um, so I sent out a very simple Google form, um, and I hope that it made sense. Yeah, but it was basically letter grade or credit, and just asking students to what just grade fill level in of student whether they want a letter or grade or whether all, they are happy all. with the pass fail credit. So current, okay. This is grades. Not, this is all of my high school students. So I have respondents from grades nine through 12. I also have respondents. Amy will be one of these who uh, take more than one class from me. Um, so, you know, we can dig into that. But here's what I have so far. Uh, currently, uh, yes. 37 respondents out of um, 100 students on my course load. 64.9% um, are preferring a letter grade to 35.1%. Um, looking for just pass fail credit. So it's, it's interesting because in a preliminary way, now I didn't yep. ask for comments or additional explanation or anything like that. Um, but in a preliminary way, what that says to me is that students are thinking seriously about this issue, which, which it, it doesn't mean that wanting a letter grade means that you're serious. What, what it means is that people care about this. I got, I got like close to 40 respondents in the first hour that I put this survey up. And so to Esme's point, to Amy's point, to Kyrie's point, there seems to be real concern among students about what this means grade-wise for them. 
And um, it's it's a lot to ask of of our students to in the midst of a literal global pandemic uh, uh, to be thinking about, hey, what do you think is going to be the best for your future right now? Yeah, no, but I think (laughs) think that's important. We have some time, you know, and I think, Kyrie, you pointed out that, that we have some time before this all wraps up and it's all over. And I think we kind of did what we always do in education where we rush, we see there's a problem and we hurry and rapidly try to address the problem as quickly and as what we think is effectively and easily, you know, effective and easy are often, you know, synonymous, right? But we try to do that. And and in doing that, we ignore critical (laughs) voices, right? And so what I hear from the students is, um, I was involved with a meeting with adults and just for over two hours, actually two meetings, you know, one that lasted two hours and another one that lasted almost an hour and, uh, and a half, you know, trying to wrap our heads around what does this all mean and and why would some kids choose letter grades over um, credit, <clears throat> no credit? Why would we use the terms pass fail versus credit, no credit, you know, and we talked about what Esme pointed out, you know, for some kids are like, wait, I'm going to fail. I, I shouldn't fail. I've been working at this. Right. And, and I think also looking at the issues of equity, how does this play out? Right. You know, I think we've gone to a situation where the school building is an equitable place where learning happens. It's an equitable learning environment for all of its problems. We try to make it as equitable each day. It's still not when we've gone to remote learning, we've we've right. totally increased the equity. And for some people, their thought is increase the workload, give kids more to do. And, you know, I I just think we've, we've got to figure this out in a way that makes sense with the kids, you know, and help them understand, right? Credit means that you got through this, right? And, and it also tells me, Gerardo, when you talk about your kids wanting uh, grades, it tells me that you have students that probably have relatively good grades, right? And those are probably relatively engaged students, you know? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see because one of the concerns I have is um, that those who are able to pad their GPAs will, yeah, yeah. and those who are not able to pad and, their GPAs won't. And, and then what we're does this play out for gap. colleges and universities? That, kind of I mean, my, everybody my looking concern. at the year 2020 on a transcript, it, it's an asterisk year, right? They're, they're going to know. They're going to be like this. And what was going on in 2020? <laughs> they're going to know. The kid did take a dip, right? <laughs> what, what happened? Why are there so many kids that just have credits? You know? Um, and so I think this was a conversation that, that our kids need to be involved in to understand and really gain perspective around and be at the table in shaping the policy. But if not shaping the policy, because I think the way our district has set it up is they have the ability to make the decision about what their grades look like. But what does that mean? And what's the benefit? I might have an A in my AP class, but I might have a D in that algebra class that I needed to be in and be with my teacher every day to really get that B that I had before. And so what's best for me, you know, and, and if I got to make a decision, what benefits me the most? Because that's the goal is for students to benefit there. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, and just as an aside, and then I want to hear, um, you know, just sort of your feedback, um, students about 
you know, how we should be proceeding, what should we be learning, what should we be moving past, what we should, should we be moving into when we go back to school? Um, did you see the uh, funny thing about, I don't know if you sent this to me, uh, which would make this a really dumb question. No, but like, I haven't seen um, that. So everything that went down with Philadelphia. So, so, so Amy, Esme, Kyrie, you would love this. So in Philadelphia, big city, a good amount of communities of color, good amount of people struggling through poverty and uh, that kind of thing, not great internet access um, throughout their school system. Um, they're doing remote learning. What they and you know them? what they told folks who didn't have good internet connections at their homes? They told them, well, if you, you sit go. in the parking lot go. of your school, you can usually get a signal. That's amazing. Huh? So they're <laughs> literally telling these young people who are doing their best to succeed, oh, if you can't get internet, just go sit in the parking lot. And the, the spaces are probably more than six feet apart. So you could probably just everyone sit in a space and do your work. I mean, first of all, there's, there's so many layers <laughs> to that. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's brilliant. It's so brilliant. Um, so, I mean, that, I that's the thing. And then, of course, our friends at the Philadelphia Student Union had something to say about that. Um, but it just goes to show that yeah. 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 Definitely follow Philadelphia Student Union. They're dope. Um, but yeah, so um, I've been try I've been like, you know, hinting that we're going to let the students talk about this and then I keep rambling. So uh, young people, what what should schooling look like when we come out of this? What what are the things that we've learned and how do we use this to grow and get better at what we're doing in schools? For me, I don't know which one of you guys mentioned it. I think it might have been Mr. Adams who said that, you know, you guys are really trying to focus as teachers to be culturally responsive. Um, I think that that is something that should definitely continue. Um, because some, I, I, I don't mean you guys specifically need to continue being culturally responsive, but teachers in general, there's new teachers, old teachers, teachers who, you know, have been in there just a medium amount of time, but there's so many things going on in the student's world. And right now you guys are trying to like have to take that into perspective. And you guys are trying to understand what is going on on our side of the screen. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of teachers should consider continuing when we go back into school, because regardless if we're in school or not, there are some people that's who, right. you know, they go to school because they can be fed there. And there's some kids who right now they're struggling, you know? So yeah. I think that's something that, you know, should really continue and something that, maybe shouldn't is um the lack of communication with students yep yeah um i think because you guys see us in person or you guys did at least <laughs> but because you guys see us in person um you guys are like okay well you can come and talk to me in my classroom if you want to fix your grade it's not my issue but mm. now as we see there is some things how we can help each other lean on each other you know send me a yeah. reminder saying hey you know this is missing maybe send it only to me once you know, and then that's my warning. That's it. And if then I need to throw a fit, like if I throw a fit, then you have something, you know? Yeah. Like I told you, you needed to come and do this. You could have made this up by this date. You know, I feel like communication should continue or 
the lack of communication should stop and more communication should continue. It's almost like the communication has been so rough over these three weeks that it's kind of bringing the yep. communication between teachers and students and families, you know, to light a little bit more where I can't just, you know, like I, I learned really yep. quickly if I tell my sixth grade advisee, hey, yeah, you have a question, come see me at lunch. They're going to forget the second they walk out of my classroom. Like, so how do we have communication that is effective and that that kind of requires, like you said, leaning on each other, that requires us to team up on student achievement, not just leave student achievement on students to figure out. So, you know, I need to be open right. to communicate maybe more than just during my duty-free lunch, right? All right. Uh, Kyrie, Amy, who wants to go next? Uh, I w I'll go ahead and go. Right. And I was just going to say, honestly, she took the words right out of my mouth because I think... Uh, uh, great minds think alike. Uh, <laughs> um, I think teachers and uh, the counselor that I have attempting to be... Uh, responsive to community is incredible. I think they're just, uh, they're trying to send out more emails there. At least them making an effort is amazing. And I think that ne that should carry over because uh, having that consistently, even in a regular school year um, would be incredible. Cause you would, I think just having that consistently would change a lot of things for the better, honestly, having uh, student input or just the input of other people who you don't normally get the input from would make the year uh, just better than it could be without. And then I think I definitely do think that uh, we need to the communication should or the lack of communication should have an attempt to go away um, as we slowly shift back eventually into normal school. I really like what you said there, Kyrie, especially the point about making the effort and trying to be consistent, like and what I hear in that. And, you know, correct me if I'm if I'm putting words in your mouth, um, what I'm hearing from that is that. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be flawless. There's going to be breakdowns in the communication just because we're humans. But um, but w it would be nice to see the effort. And it would be nice that there would be some consistent expectation of communication. Right, exactly. As long as both sides are trying to make an active effort, then I think it just it doesn't have to be perfect like exactly like you said. But I do think as long as everyone's making the active effort, that's when it starts to improve. All right. Amy. Um, I would really say they kind of said a lot of what I was planning on saying. Dang, great minds but, do think alike. Um, the thing with mine is like I kind of took it in a different way. Also, like I had the, that idea, but also like apart from just like being like aware that students have more of a life going on than just outside of school. That's my big thing. Like right now, students are like struggling to just even like get work then while they're at home like what does that say about like when we go back to like or if we go back to like life like to normal like kids with extracurricular activities or kids who have like a bunch of clubs like how how do we do it is my question yeah especially like right now if we're struggling that much and a lot of teachers aren't aware of that and they like don't take that into consideration and if they try to like tell the teacher i've just been super busy like they're like oh well that's not my fault mm. so i think that's another super important thing yeah. And I feel like yes. apart from them, I think that. you and I have actually talked about this, Munoz, is <laughs> mm -hmm. to not have school starting so early. Man, no. man, I, st like, I stand for that. <laughs> like, I don't even mean it in a selfish way. Like, oh, I just want to sleep in more. But I mean, like our brains, like mm -hmm. they've obviously been no, functioning better that. now that we've been starting later than like when we start like seven in the morning. Oh, man, I know. Like, yeah. And, and 
Totally. Like, well, and, and yep. it's not just how we feel in the morning. There's, there's actually science that backs up a later school start. So that, that would be a, a lovely thing to add. Um, do y'all want to hear something really funny? So I just got a text from a friend, uh, who informed me. So, you know, how we're talking about, uh, you know, these struggles with technology. I think you've talked about how some teachers are really good at this. Some aren't, and it's just been really clunky. Um, so here's word for word. Here's the text I received. In a district meeting about graduation with a bunch of central office people, they had to restart the Zoom meeting because they forgot to include the chat box. So, <laughs> so like, it's amazing, like, how this is all going, um, you know, and, and I think there's a measure of, like, listen, we're all needing to, you know – open up our minds and realize that we have a lot to learn. No, about and I think we need to acknowledge the all the learning too. There's been a steep learning curve. If we have, have kids that have learned to transition into Y'all. remote learning <laughs> and are doing all of this stuff, they're learning time management skills like you guys mentioned, how to really manage yourselves. Um, you know, I think we're learning a, a lot of different stuff about how we can approach school and freedom and how we approach, you know, usable space. You know, how do we how do we um, take this technology and create space where you guys can collaborate in a way that is responsive to you. You know, because I hear some things like Kyrie saying, you know, I appreciate the freedom to kind of choose my schedule, you know, and I know I have some eighth graders yeah. who are very productive at one o'clock in the morning, not saying I want to stay at school to one o'clock in the morning, but creating different options for the way the time looks and the space looks and you know how we navigate maybe there you know i have a cousin who is a math teacher right now Vampire in hours. atlanta georgia and that's how she operated all the way through college i'm amazed that she could be a teacher but she reverts to her vampire oh, wow. hours in the summer <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's wild. Um yes, y'all, very this was amazing. Thank you so much for uh taking um taking the time uh to just talk with us today. Um as as I think we've shared with you before, um our listenership gets a spike when uh we have students that that, that people really want to hear what you have to say and you know, I really hope that folks take all this into account. So we got a, a thing we need to do. We got to plug the show so that people can like follow us. Um, and then, and then so Ringer has a delay. And so as you've probably noticed, so I think if we do stay dope in the round, right? So like one of us says it and then we go in order. So on my screen, I have Kev and then I have Kyrie and then I have Esman and uh, I have Amy. Round, if everyone just kind of, we can just like, round. We can just like, but it's what's a, that called? And, uh, man? We and can when like we're layer talking it. about the computer, we don't, we don't mean what delay. Do we call it latency in the industry. Yeah, like in the round, we can we can layer it. So so just latency. Yeah, oh oh, latency. Okay, all right. In the industry, because <laughs> what? Oh man. Hey. Uh. So uh. Thanks thanks for uh downloading and listening. Um, or just downloading and subscribing. We don't actually care if you listen, uh, cause it's good for our numbers. No, listen, because especially these episodes where we have young scholars and, and our new leaders coming up, um, these are, these are the conversations that Kevin and I both live for. So I want to thank Esme and Amy and Kyrie, uh, for being so honest and being so open and for being enthusiastic and positive. Um, you know, throughout this, this, uh, this conversation, um, you can find us wow. on Instagram and Twitter at two dope teachers. 
uh, Kev, we are approaching 4,000 Twitter followers, what? uh, which is extremely exciting. And guess what we need to shout out right now? We, we need yes. to shout out the homeboy, Josan Perales, teacher up in oh, a mountain yes, school somewhere yes, who yes. is, he's created a two dope nation playlist on, uh, Apple music. Yeah, there's a Two Dope Nation oh, playlist. No. You can find it on Apple Music. He is the curator. Um, and he's designing us t-shirts. Yeah. So, so here's what's dope. He has a young student who is, um, who's a street artist who has a lot of experience, like with graffiti art. He is designing a Two Dope Nation t-shirt, uh, that people That's can, it. uh, That's wear we to do. show that Unlike some places in the world, our borders are open, baby. Our borders That's are open. It. We said the only way to become a citizen of the Two Dope Nation is to say, I want to be a citizen of the Two Dope Nation, and we will take you in. Give us your culturally unresponsive. No, I was kidding. Um, so uh, that's exciting, and we will be posting oh. pictures as soon as we have that kind of stuff. So shout out to Hosan. You are the man. Uh, it's dope. It's dope. You can also follow us on Facebook, uh, Tudo Features, or Facebook.com slash Tudo Features and a mic. Uh, you can also email us if you old school like that, Tudo Features at gmail.com. So for. Kevin Adams, for Kyrie, for Desmond, for Amy. Wanna invite you all in this quarantine to stay dope. Uh-oh, you got a breakdown. Kyrie, it's you. Oh, stay dope. <laughs> stay dope. Oh, stay dope. Yes, this is this is great. That was awesome. Uh, thank you all. Oh, stay dope. Yeah. <laughs>